This is Sports Beat KC, the sports podcast presented by the Kansas City Star. I'm your host, Blair Kirkhoff. On today's episode, Chief Beat writer Brooke Pryor joins columnists Sam Mellinger and Vahe Gregorian talking Chiefs. We project the Chiefs' 53-man roster. Yes, it's July, training camp doesn't start for another few weeks, but it's never not Chiefs season. Later, we share some of our favorite memories of Chiefs teams of the recent past. Brooke Pryor is here. Hey, Brooke. Hey, Blair. So is Vahe Gregorian and Sam Mellinger, star columnist. We are here to talk Chiefs because it is never not Chiefs season. And I think what we're going to do today is project the Chiefs' 53-man roster because um, they have to do that at some point, right? But yeah. not, not until late August, early September. So we're ahead of the game. We are. We're, we're doing ahead of the, the work for them. We, like, why do we even have to worry about going through training camp? Just go ahead and, uh, and make the cuts now. If are you going to make sure we hang on to this so we can compare it? No. No. No, okay. this, will, it, this will self-destruct uh, <laughs> as soon as training camp ends and the actual cuts are made so that we can never compare what we predicted <laughs> in July with uh, what actually comes to fruition in September. If only we could forget about training camp. But, but we can't. But we can't. I'll get the ball rolling with... By projecting the quarterbacks, I project two. Uh, tell me if I'm wrong. I got uh, Chad Henney and Chase Linton. What? Uh, um, <laughs> no, Kyle we'll Shermer. From there. Maybe Shermer as an outside guy. No. Yes. So that's the first. Let's. We're going to start with quarterback. That's the first question. Two or three quarterbacks for the Chiefs, Brooke. What do you think? I think two. That's what I believe. That's what Andy Reid had last year. Um, what ultimately ultimately ended up making up the 53: Patrick Mahomes, Chad Henney. Chase Linton still has practice squad eligibility, so why not keep him on there? I don't think you need to waste a roster spot on putting a third quarterback on your roster when you have Patrick Mahomes as your starter. There's very little chance that it's going to drop, that they're going to need to go to that third option. Oh, for the days of Chase Daniel and Tyler Bray. <laughs> Andy's, Andy Reid has gone with three quarterbacks before, right? Yeah, um, he has never had a unicorn as his QB one <laughs> like he does now. So um, I, I'm I'm with Brooke. If if you need, they they like to have extra roster spots for you know special teams to take care of Dave Tobin, uh, you know a little bit of flexibility. And if you have, this is the spot where you can do it. You know, um, you can only play one at a time. And you know if heaven forbid for for our business and for others uh patrick mahomes gets hurt <laughs> for the entire psyche of this city oh absolutely you know, they, they can Oof. they can bring if, if it is chase Litton uh on the practice squad you can bring him up or you can go sign one of the bad quarterbacks that will be available to back up chad henny oh that's depressing yeah wow that's it's july and Sorry, we're guys. already like thinking about the worst case scenario what's the latest on patrick mahomes Where is he, has he been spotted anywhere uh, i was really disappointed on the kimmel show tonight right oh is that right as we record this uh what is today monday <laughs> <laughs> i don't know what day it is it's off day it's off season day whatever uh, i think we're recording this tuesday and he was on last night is what you mean Yes. Yeah, I think we released this Wednesday. It was two nights ago. He was really good, I thought. Did you? Well, nobody told me what day it was when we walked in here, and I really think we're all just gaslighting me. So um, this is a blast. Yeah. You know, you know, with him, the thing that was the last time we saw him, or one of the last times we saw him, it was right after he'd done one of his fresh, you know, tours of the world and sending his hologram everywhere. I think we actually asked him if he would consider going to the Women's World Cup, and he, and he, he's, he, he suggested he, was, he had been looking at how he could do it but couldn't quite make it work. Right, which makes sense because his girlfriend, Brittany, was a soccer player 
and so they're big women's soccer t- fans. Um, it looked like they watched it yesterday, but Andy, not in France. And he has a jet. Or and has he has a, a jet. And he has, he access. has access to one through Airshare, uh, so, one of the companies he has a partnership with. I don't know if that covers international flights, though. Hmm. I think he could afford it. I'm just, <laughs> just I'm a just, hunch. I'm just throwing that on out. his rookie deal. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. He's a homeowner now. That's, that's <laughs> Can we get a paycheck advance for what he will get next year? That's right. I think we're in agreement, Brooke. Uh, you and I talked about this last week. Uh, five running backs, four plus the fullback, Anthony Sherman, Damian Williams, Daryl Williams, Carlos Hyde, Darwin Thompson. But that got us, that got us speculating about uh, rookies, Darwin Thompson, of course, being part of this group. And I do believe that everybody who's been drafted – by the Chiefs, everybody who's taken in the, in the uh, 19 draft will be on the 53-man roster. I'm trying to remember when that the last time that wasn't the case. Well, I, I remember um, the kid from Notre Dame. Yeah, was like a third-round pick, Kavari, uh, Kavari Russell. Yes, right. and they cut him. Oh, was it what two years ago? Yeah, a couple weeks before mm-hmm. they had to. It so like. it's not unprecedented. That's the one that sticks out, just because he was. You know, fairly high pick. I, I think before that, uh, there was a Kansas State fullback. Uh, was it Braden Wilson or something mm-hmm. like that? Who was like a Sounds late good. round, late round pick, who did not make the team. But in this case, I mean, it seems like all their picks are pretty solid, at least through training camp. Although the interesting thing is, and we'll get to this when we go through the the corners and the safeties. I completely forgot about Rashad Fenton. Uh, he was what the sixth round pick. South Carolina. This year, yes. Yeah, oh, South I'm Carolina sorry. Guy. The, the Carolina guy. No, no, that's. Rashad, that now I remember him uh, because that was the most memorable thing about him was that he kept referring to South Carolina as Carolina, and everyone knows that Carolina is North Carolina. Um, literally everyone. But he, I don't know, he wasn't remarkable. Unless you to, live in Columbia. I mean. And then you're just wrong. But he, to me, was unremarkable during rookie minicamp and OTAs and mandatory minicamp. He was a guy I kind of forgot about, um, which, I mean, isn't super surprising given – all the things that are going on, but he wasn't one of the names that really stuck out, but I still think he ends up making the roster. Okay. Um, so it brings us to wide receiver, and that comes with the the asterisks. Uh, what, what do we do with Tyreek Hill? And as, as we record this, I was thinking today was the day we might have some news on Tyreek Hill, uh, today, Monday. And so what, what day are we going with, Blair? What day is today? Day, day before yesterday, I think, is what, what we're going with. I mean, it's 3.15 Central Time right now. So there's still like an hour <laughs> that news could drop and completely from, from change the east, this right? podcast. From, from, right? from the east. News, news of Tyreek Hill will come from the east. That sounds medieval or Game of Thrones-ish. How's our thinking changed on, on Tyreek Hill and eligibility and it's – it's we're in a different place today than we were three months ago yeah two and a half months ago i feel like i'm in the same place that i've been for the last maybe two months which is who the hell knows Uh, (laughs) going out on a limb yeah i have a little bit of a i'll just say like an informed hunch um that uh it's more likely next week than this week um maybe I know. Uh, I wish maybe that late we were getting week, a video recording of this so everyone could see the face that Blair just made. Uh, there, look, I, I think that there is like some general optimism within the organization, within the the power structure, if you will, um, that the suspension will certainly not be what was once feared. Um, I think it was pretty widely, you know, this is more than two people um, in in the wake of that KCTV 
tape, you know, the infamous, you know, be terrified of me too tape, uh, more than two people. It seemed like it's a matter of time. He's going to get cut. We can't. Mm -hmm. And I think that the thinking has changed a lot since that moment. And, um, you know, there's some people that think he won't get anything. Um, I think that's hard to imagine still. It just seems like the NFL is so optics. Like, even if you think he has been set up in every way, whatever, like the NFL (laughs) has suspended people for no charges, no arrests, no nothing before. Um, it's hard for me to imagine. It wouldn't shock me because nothing would shock me, but it's hard for me to imagine he won't get anything. Um, but it doesn't seem like it's going to be the six, eight season, you know, sort of thing that that maybe some people were thinking. Let me just say real quick, but the, but the NFL did not suspend Ezekiel Elliott. That was, that was so much more minor than this. So that was just, you know, the the Vegas. It seems to me that when the NFL sticks its claws in you for an investigation, that they're going to come out with something. With something. Yeah. But I, I think that my kind of understanding of the situation is I'm kind of with Sam. I think that there's going to be some kind of suspension, but from the people I've talked with, the worst is off the table. The, the, we won't see him in 2019 is not a concern at this point. Um, my kind of informed hunch is that I think if he gets a suspension, it'll be between two and four games, and it won't be because of any child abuse investigation or child abuse charges or claims. I think it's going to stem more from the you need to be scared of me too. Personal conduct policy. Right, because it, that still falls under that. And in the letter from Hill's attorney to the NFL, that was the thing that he said, yep, I did say that. I shouldn't have said that. I let the moment, you know, get me, I, I, and I apologize. But I still think that that's what the suspension is going to come down on um, because that's the one thing that they can stick to. And everything else is still, I mean, they can do this investigation. But as we heard um, last week, they didn't talk to Johnson County DA. We don't know what they were able to get from DCF, if anything. Um, and so I, I don't know how much they're going to be able to substantiate the child abuse claims. I, those points all sound kind of spot on to me. The thing that, that I don't quite have a feel for, and, and perhaps you guys do, is eight hours in that interview. What are they establishing? And, and, and again, you mentioned this, Brooke, did not talk to Johnson County DA. I assume no conversation with uh, Department of Children and Family in Kansas either. So what is it that they thought they established in that eight hours. And I guess maybe that's the big mystery, but did you have right. some sense of, of what happened in the room? Does anybody? No. Um, no, I mean, uh, we don't. No, but I, I, I don't get think the any, sense that... I don't that, think anyone does. Right. Although I get the sense that it, excuse me, went well for Tyreek, for his side of things. I think that if it had not gone well, there would have been more interviews. They would have scheduled something else. They may have had to come back to other things. But when the NFL concluded that eight-hour interview, there wasn't anything else on the books to talk to him again. So I get the sense that there is optimism from his side after the interview. You can help me with the timing on this, but didn't he reappear on Twitter? Was it after the interview? But there was a, a tweet from so. him. Yeah, and it was just a, a emoji type tweet, yeah, right? Yeah, but um, it was still a tweet that he hadn't even right. so much as favorited. Right. Stuff for a while. Okay, uh, quickly on the on the tight ends, I think I think Brooke and I, you you and I talked about this three and the three we agreed on: Travis Kelsey, Dion Yelder, and then uh, John Lovett. But all of a sudden, that's an interesting position for the Chiefs. The Andy Reid toy 
uh, of a position, tight end, and it doesn't, you know, Kelsey with his 103, whatever it was, receptions last year for 1,400 yards, had a remarkable season. Um, there just doesn't seem to be anything behind him that you um, that you can pin, you know, pin anything on. It's funny, like, I, I feel like, it's a weird analogy, but for years, the Royals have been talking about this rotating DH, right? <laughs> and they keep not having a rotating DH. I feel like for years, the Chiefs internally have talked about we need tight end depth, and they just don't get tight end depth, you know? And, and whether that was, you know, Demetrius Harris not, you know, <laughs> growing into what they projected. I mean, I, I think Blake Bell's a fine you know, for what he is. I mean, he, he's a number two or three. NFL experience. You know, yeah, yeah. But I, I think they want somebody. You're not going to get two Travis Kelseys. Um, but they, they want somebody who can catch 30 balls, 40 balls, something like that. Like, at least the potential to do that from that position just because if, if you give Andy Reid one more <laughs> of those little guys that they can play a different position and catch, you know, be a threat uh, mm-hmm. in the passing game, he's, he's always going to take that. By the way, did we go through the list of wide receivers? I know we went down the. Yeah, we did. We did not. You're right. That's a good catch, Brooke. We're going to um, we're going to reverse our course. Just just a quick throw it in reverse, and then we'll. Yep. Go so, full speed. Peel out. Yeah. <laughs> go ahead. Who so you we've got, got uh, Sammy Watkins, Demarcus Robinson, McCole Hardman, Garrett Dieter, Biden Pringle, Cody Thompson, and then I've got Tyree Kill with an asterisk there. That's what I think turn us down the the Tyreek Hill discussion um but if he's suspended to start the season then he won't count against the fifth that's count right. against the 53-man roster so that's why I've listed six other guys yeah I think we agree on six as a number mm-hmm. and um and, and I think we have the same we have the same six to me the the interesting ones are Byron Pringle who uh I think the Chiefs were really yeah. you know really enamored a with. lot this offseason and, and absolutely Andy Reid um, Brett Veach, they go out of their way to mention Byron Pringle and his toughness and his, you know, his, his skills. So I, I, I think they're going to do everything they can to find a way for him to be on this team. The, the, to me, the other intriguing guy is Cody Thompson, mm-hmm. the, the free agent signee who's got good size. And he was one of those in these, you know, uh, pajama practices, as Steve Spagnuolo <laughs> calls them. You just don't know who you, you don't. You got to say it with that New York accent or the, whatever accent. Pajama. The yeah, pajama there you go. <laughs> um, it's tough to see anybody really stand good. out, but Cody Thompson, wide receivers is mm-hmm. one position where, where you can see standouts, and Cody Thompson, I thought, just You know what's himself. interesting that Cody Thompson is the free agent signing we're talking about making the roster and not Jamal Custis, who got, what, 100000 as a signing bonus? I mean, they Syracuse really guy. believed in him, right. and he and, and has we, we absolutely could be wrong. I mean, right, exactly. We could be wrong. He could, he could, you know, rebound and have a really strong training camp. But to me, he didn't stand out as much as Cody Thompson did in rookie minicamp, OTAs, mandatory minicamp. And I think Cody Thompson has more of that speed that they're looking for, and especially if Tyreek Hill isn't on the team to start the season, if you want to just throw more speed at that roster – why not add a Cody Thompson and put Jamal Custis on the practice squad? Okay. All right, to honor offensive linemen who like to bask in anonymity anyway, we're going to read through the names quickly of the eight that, Brooke, you and I uh, uh, settled on. Laurent Duvernay-Tardif, Cam Irving, uh, Austin Ryder, Eric Fisher, Mitchell Schwartz, there's your starting five. And then uh, Khalil McKenzie, 
Nick Allegretti and, and Wiley to give him some versatility. Those are, the, those are the eight offensive linemen. Although I have, I'm looking at my list. I have nine because I've also got Jimmy, Jimmy Murray. Jimmy Murray, who's who's also versatile, and right. that is so important in this Chiefs. So I think that's important in any offense now. But uh, Jimmy Murray could be, yeah, could be there. If you have nine, I think that brings the offense to 25. And I had 24 offensive players. So hmm. um, math is not my strong suit, but I think I ended up with 53. Got to go back through and do some more math. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I think if, if you're an offensive lineman and, vers- and versatile or versatility is anywhere in your scouting description, you're going to make this roster. Okay, let's go over to the defensive side. Um, and the defensive line, which, of course, is the a, a lot of what, when we talk about the new look of the defense, uh, a lot of it is on the defensive line with the likes of Frank Clark, Okafor, Emmanuel Agba, um, uh, Colin, Colin Saunders. <sighs> I've got nine defensive linemen. I forgot. Is that the number we settled yep, on? Yep, um, I've got nine. And that includes Chris Jones. Uh, yes. So we think Chris Jones is going to uh, He's going to be here, right? You think right? he's going to make the roster? I think he'll make the roster <laughs> if he shows up. Yeah. And he'll be there. I like, think in, even in if he doesn't show early up, he'll make August. the roster. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I don't want to spoil the drama, but he's going to be there <laughs> it, 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 You know, at the latest uh, in early August. There's just... The CBA says that he has to be there at a certain point. That's when he'll be there. That's a lot. Nine? I've got nine defensive linemen. Uh, Six linebackers and then uh, 11 corners slash safeties. Okay. So that's 26. I I had 24 on offense and 26 on defense. You got Xavier Williams in that group? I've got Xavier Williams slash Hamilton. Yeah. I I think Xavier Williams is a guy that may, you know, if there's like a surprise cut, I think he's – Again, it's mid-July, uh, but I think that he might. It's be when it's that most guy. important. That's exactly right. The opinions of a 53-man <laughs> roster are never more important than they are right after the Fourth of July. I think Grandview Highs, Xavier Williams. If, if there's you know kind of a surprise cut, that that might be. I I like Justin Hamilton. He mm-hmm. he hasn't played that much, but he's always been a guy that sort of when he's in there, like the opportunities that he gets, stuff yeah. gets done. Yeah, you know? yeah. He he's seems like a reliable you know sort of solid guy well one guy i didn't have on my slash line was tano passigno and he's one that uh <laughs> i just don't know how I, I don't know how he's viewed i don't yeah, know you it's do. been weird well <laughs> come on i we like know tano how he was viewed as a linebacker but he's been playing on the interior of the defensive line through a lot of of mini camp and otas which has been interesting because i was trying to get a feel for how much they legitimately liked him at one of those spots and how much he was pretending to be Chris Jones because Chris Jones wasn't there. And that's something that will be sorted out uh, in training camp whenever Mr. Jones does make his appearance. All right, so maybe K-Pass should be part of the slash line of uh, my slash line. It's been going on a long time. You know, (laughs) (laughs) Is it finally time to end the – Ever since that first training camp or that first uh, rookie training camp. I think my favorite moment of Tano Passanio in this last – couple months was uh asking steve spagnolo about tano and he goes who yeah. <laughs> oh that's right k pass right. that guy <laughs> yeah all right uh go to linebackers got i've six yeah i got six well, hold on. like was breland speaks you're, you're putting yes. him at the line yes, yes i put, put him on the line but yeah. but he could go linebacker too yeah. i mean that's okay. i think he's more likely to be on the line and, and, and i had derek derek he's just listed on their roster as a linebacker right i'm just I've got Derek Nottie also. The roster's incorrect? What? It is. <laughs> I'm shocked. Confirmed. 
Crown Hill Blair is, is your roster from 2017 or 19? Yeah, it, it is. So I'm uh, I'm, I'm all caught <laughs> so up Breland here. So Breland Speaks wasn't even drafted at that <laughs> point, and uh, they just knew then. Right. Uh, six linebackers, uh, Hitchens, Raglan, Damian Wilson, Dorian O'Daniel, um, uh, Lee, and, and Neiman uh, are my Neiman. six. Uh, yeah, not Newman. Neiman. I know. It just... I just really wanted just a Seinfeld how reference are they gonna, for if, if um, that, if, how Who are the starting linebackers? How are they going to line up? I think it's Hitchens. Gonna, sorry, I'm sorry. H- Hitchens, no, 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 Raglan, Damian Wilson, uh, Dorian O'Daniel, um, Lee, Lee, and and, uh, and I've got and, Neiman just because of they, they do need special teams yeah. stalwarts there. Nailed it. Yep. So how, how, are they, how do you think they're going to line up at linebacker? I think they're going to end up with Hitchens – they like him at weak side, but I think I like him better in the middle. Granted, I'm not the coach, so they they know better than I do. Um, well, you coached as much as Steve Spagnuolo did last right, year. Right, yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's going to be Hitchens, Raglan, and Wilson. Um, Wilson, strong side, and then Hitchens and Raglan, some combination of, of middle and, and weak. I could see Raglan being a cut, too, if I'm if I'm on the uh, surprise See, that would be beat. there's your that would be the surprise cut. I um, thought that too, but they were using him so much and talking him up and too. talking him up during mandatory minicamp. I think they give him one more year. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> Sorry, Reggie. This is just me hunching. This is no, no. Like, it's a good. I hunch. think that right because he he didn't fit in Buffalo's four mm-hmm. three, and that's what led to him and coming here. But I also think that you know he struggled last year in a system that was supposed to be good for him, but he was also hurt. For a lot of the year, so yeah. how much better is he going to look? Because remember, he yeah. came into training camp last year with that weird knee thing from the flight to Mexico and back, or that was yes, what right. it was said to be. He right. might be a, a a guy too. I mean, this happens a lot when once you get to like spots fifty through fifty five of what can he do on special teams? Right. Was he the one? He had a, a blocked punt in uh, in Cleveland, or am I thinking of somebody else? Well, somebody I don't else. remember that. I don't remember that either. Okay. I mean, I hope for Reggie's sake he yeah. had it. it was, I like you know, Reggie. I hope he's team. on the team. He's good he's, for us. Yeah, he's a great um, quote. So he's an honest quote. So I hope he makes it. But I just, um, man, he was bad, you know. And and they've got a lot more invested in Hitchens, uh, you know. On the inside, I know they don't play exactly the same position, but you know, if it's an inside linebacker, I don't know. He he's at risk. Well, if, if Reggie's cut, who do you think ends up there instead? Who fills that extra linebacker spot? I don't know. Checking roster. Um, I mean, they've yeah. I mean, they've talked up (laughs) some guys, but I mean, are you are you going to put Gary Johnson or whatever? But I think Gary Johnson was waved. See, yeah. See, that's that's the crazy thing. I thought that he would be one of the free agents to make the team. The guy out of Texas um, looked really good, but didn't look good. I don't know how to pronounce his name, but the Jeremiah Adichu Adichu from Georgia. That's right. We forgot about him. Yep, he's been um, he made an impression. Uh, in in off season, you know, and, and Vahe, I we kid around about um, you know coaches talking about players, but I think there's something, there's little hints that get dropped in press conferences, and uh, and and you can kind of tell when a coach is sending a message through the media, of talking up a guy, or or the opposite, you know, hey, you know, he missed an assignment or something. yeah, that that's probably right, and I think. You know, there's no strategic advantage to chatting up the guy in the offseason, right? I mean, it's not like, you know, they're trying to throw off the other team or something like that. I mean, everything's game once it's August. You have no idea what they're talking about, it has any truth about anything. But I, I assume that you don't talk up 
you're referring to Ragland. You don't talk him up that way if you don't have some, you know, some conviction behind it. And the other thing about, especially about Ragland, um, a whole new set of eyes are on him now. That's I know, true. I know they've got the tape. You know, they they saw what we all saw last year, but now you've got that's a true. whole new new assistant coaches and new defensive coordinator. Yeah, that's true. And I don't know how much it matters how you start a season, right? So we, you referred to this earlier too. The whatever the Mexico episode was with his injury coming in I do wonder sometimes if once once you're a little off or a lot off and you just keep playing through it if it, if it changes the whole tone of your season wasn't he so much more impressive in 2017 I mean impressive enough that you felt like oh he's kind of yes. that guy yep. mm-hmm. so I did he just lose that over the course of an off season, or was he really a little more hamstrung, for lack of a better term, than than we really understood and maybe just in the wrong, just, wrong defense being used yeah it just descended into that yep he seems slow. He and did. So he, he, he that's did. right. It, 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 what is that? Is that is that the injury? Is that the system and having to think? Yeah. You know where where it wasn't natural. I mean that that's the stuff they'll have to work through. I just I don't know, man. He he was really bad. He was really bad last year. All right, Brooke. For corners, um, Kendall Fuller, Charvarius Ward, Brashard Breland, Trey Smith, uh, Fenton from Carolina, and uh, and Keith Reeser is who I have. <laughs> Blair, you know as well as I do that you don't think South Carolina is the real Carolina. <laughs> You're from Raleigh. Let's just remind people of that. Uh, anyway, no, I agree with all those. Um, I think Reezer ends up making this roster after last year, had a good shot, and then he had the injury problem and didn't make it, obviously. Went to the AAF for a little bit, was one of the best players, if not the best player, uh, defensive player in the league. And they liked what they saw out of him and so quickly signed him when that league dissolved. And I think that was a really good move. Um, he's a guy that Brett Veach has been talking up a lot. So I, I think that he will end up making this team. And did, didn't he have a couple of interceptions on the same practice? Yeah, like two or three, maybe yeah. just two. Three but, but, seems outrageous. But, but, I mean, really, maybe one off of Mahomes, too, mm-hmm. if, as I recall. Did you see? Uh, did you say Traymond Smith? Yes. Yeah, and Trey Smith. Yeah, Trey. Traymond, Traymond Smith. Blair's on a nickname so. basis. <laughs> I think he prefers Trey. I think he does too. So if if that's the group, there's not really a surprise cut there, right? Mm, I, I don't think no. so. Uh, I, I don't. Yeah. Um, how about in the corners though? Or I, I mean, it's at safety with the Honey Badger, Tyran Matthew. Can we agree on a first name pronunciation? Is anybody Tyron? Tyron. Tyron. Rhymes with Byron. Yep. Rhymes with. Okay. Byron. Tyron Matthew. Yep. Thank you. You're welcome. That'll come in handy. When we <laughs> he may be. He may be important. Yes. Okay. Um, Juan Thornhill. I've got Armani Watts, Jordan Lucas, and Daniel Sorensen, who I imagine Sam will pipe up as a surprise cut candidate. <laughs> I mean, he's not wrong. <laughs> uh, he's a candidate. <laughs> uh, but no, I, I like, I mean, um, there is some, some institutional investment and hope in um, Armani Watts. So I, there I is. Do think that he gets he's another one that they've mentioned a lot. A benefit of the doubt there. Yeah, I mean, uh, he started off just terrible, um, just awful. Lost. He year. just just yeah. was lost. He wasn't ready. But but by the time he was hurt, he'd started to. There were yeah. some signs that to he had made fair, progress. To be fair, many people were lost that in Bob Sutton's defense. That is true. But yeah, but but Watts is his his arrow was pointing up when, uh, um, as a former coach would say, uh, once he got hurt. And I, I do think they want him to. They want to see what they've got. You know, I mean, he's intriguing. I mean, I remember like when they drafted him. You watch some of his tape. I mean, yeah, he could mm-hmm. do some things. He could do some things. It's, I say that like without studying 
31 other teams, right? Like, I'm not sure there's too many position groups that have been improved more than the chief safeties from last year to this year. And, and I don't know that there's too many that were worse than, than the chief safeties yeah. last year. Um, you know, I think, I don't know if you guys agree with this or not. I think Juan Thornhill will play a lot. He'll get the most snaps of any yeah. rookie. Yep. Um, yeah, and, and he's not, he, he's a good player. You know, you're getting him a little raw, but whatever. Uh, most draft picks are. Um, but he's not just like, you know, the potential's there, but his skill set projects really well as a compliment, compliment with an E, um, to Tyron Matthew. You know, Matthew can be a little bit closer to line scrimmage, playmaking, all that stuff. And then uh, Juan Thornhill can play a little bit more of the, you know, sort of traditional center field, you know, not Earl Thomas, but like, a, you know, the stuff that Earl Thomas does, maybe Juan Thornhill can do it at a C-plus level. If he is a week one starter, would he be the first draft pick week one starter since Marcus Peters? I can't think of one who... That's uh, interesting. Um, Chris Nadi got a lot of snaps, but he and, wasn't. And Chris, I don't think Chris starter. Jones started um, week one from, yeah. from week one. So maybe we'll have to we'll look that up. That's and, interesting. And yeah. um, I'm sure we'll we'll have many more conversations about about Juan Thornhill. And then, of course, we come to the absolute most controversial uh, position group, the special teamers, where Dustin Colquitt, Harrison Butker, and James Winchester. Are in the battle for their lives. For, no, not really. <laughs> hey, Jack Fox looked uh, decent. <laughs> yeah, the punter from from Rice. Um, I mean, yeah. I don't think that he's going to overtake Colquitt. No, because... but it's it's actually it was actually interesting that they brought in a punter mm-hmm. for, uh, for just kick the tires on somebody younger. Right. But Jack Fox, he was the guy. Can we just recognize and appreciate when when he signed with the Chiefs or whatever? Like the. Um, it was a picture of him and maybe like his dad or something. And he was wearing a hat that said, make rice punt again. Yes. <laughs> that, is, that is strong. Oh, mercy. That is That's really good. strong. Hey, here's a little trivia about Dustin Colquitt. Maybe you know this, but as of uh, this season, he will be, um, he will match the Chiefs leaders in longest tenure with the franchise. Number of years. Wow. Right? 14, right? It'll be 15, it'll be 15 now. 15 this year. Matches who? Matches five others. If you can believe that, um, I'll buy you a milkshake if you get three of them. Marcus Peters. Okay, you're out. <laughs> Gerald Wilson. Punter. Len Dawson. Not a punter. Ed Buddy. Offensive lineman. Nick Lowry. Yeah. Will Shields. Oh, I'm sorry. Wilson. Yeah. Will Pardon Shields me. I, I've, I've mangled this. So I'm wrong. I can't even get myself a milkshake. Well, well, well. <laughs> Gerald Wilson is the only one at 15. So yeah. it's going to be two punters at the top. The rest are all 14ers. Huh. And um, I, I can't speak for Gerald Wilson, but uh, Colquitt, even on, if he never punted, plays every game because he's, he's the holder. So he's, he would have appeared in all these games. Did he so. not punt? Was there a game last year where he didn't punt at all? There was. I know there was at least one where it was, yeah. you know, come down to the end. Oh, that's right, because it led to – a great Sam column. <laughs> great as a stretch. But oh, it was a uh, hoot. Picking some low-hanging fruit here. Well, I do believe that the key term was that you were trying to get him to play along with his demand to be traded. Yeah. The, your, your demand that he be traded. Yeah. That, yeah. That really and I forgot what he said, but it was like in a very like, I get where you're going and you can write it, but I'm not going to do it. Yeah. <laughs> he's got a good sense of humor. Oh, he's got a great sense yeah. of humor. I think, he, I think his point was, go ahead and write your dumb little thing. <laughs> It'll probably be funny. I'm not going to contribute yeah. to this, though. But he's helped you on, on 
shall we say, some some interesting ideas over the years. Like he certainly worked with you on the Marcus Peters punt technique. He column. was so good, like broke down the form. <laughs> that was that was brilliant <laughs> stuff. Totally. Like, I mean, that was just... a C at your at your highest point. I he was Dustin Colgan, another guy good for us. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, good I think maybe the, in a lot of ways the best for he us. Plus, be. the tenure thing always gives you the hook to talk to the punter. <laughs> yeah. Well, he is yeah. the longest tenure chief. Yeah. I around. saw him at uh, NFL Honors because he was the Chiefs nominee for the Walter Payton Man of the Year, and I missed him on the red carpet. I'd, like, gone in to use the bathroom or something and came back out, and I was on my way, like, going back out to the red carpet, and I ran into him and his wife, and we started talking, and I was like, well, do you mind if I just grab you for a video for a second? He's like, oh, yeah, no problem at all. I mean, so nice. And in the middle of our video, somebody near me dropped their champagne flute, and it shattered all over me and his wife, <laughs> some on him. I mean, I had glass in my shoes, and I kept recording the whole thing. And I've got a great video of his face just going like, <gasps> nice. So you hung in the pocket? You just, I, just I, yeah. Consummate I pro. He told me afterward, I was that I said, he was like, wow, that was really impressive. And I said, can you just let everybody know that I'm the toughest beat writer <laughs> covering the Chiefs? Because I did this with glass in my shoe. Poised. And he said he would. So... I have the Dustin Colquitt seal of approval, even if I had to ask for it. I tell you, second year Marcus Peters was my favorite Marcus Peters. You know, he, he was kind of good and quiet in year one, yeah. and he was off the rails in year three. But... Yeah. That was a big shift. <laughs> but but those two punts in year two are like my favorite Chiefs moments. I just—he did it again. <laughs> Didn't we talk about this? <laughs> Didn't Andy, back, didn't Andy say Marcus back? understands he can't do that again? <laughs> yeah. didn't, didn't he? Well, I think one was at home and one was maybe one was Carolina. Carolina. Yeah. Was was one with Jets? One was at home. Where was the one that was? That was, no, the, the, oh, that was the flag. The, the, yeah, the, the Jets was the year three. That was with the. Oh. That was when he was. Oh gone. Yeah, yeah. Gone. Yeah. And and the Carolina one happened first, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe, um, maybe, but <laughs> if you do it on the road, you got to bring it home at some point. Yeah, and and they just missed it. But I remember, I remember like, cause that was right after, I mean, that was as good of a play as a defensive player can make that, that yeah. strip of, uh, Kelvin Benjamin, right? Is that what um, he did? It was after the, the strip in, of Benjamin? In the Carolina at, at the game. end, which, which won the game. Big dude. Yeah. Oh, uh, fantastic. Just won the game and then he punts it. <laughs> He goes Which, to the he goes to the sideline and punts it into the crowd there, yeah. as the opposed to the one at Arrowhead where he was in the end zone and punted it into the end zone, yeah. you know, into the stands in the end zone. And I just remember, God, he just won the game and then lost it because now they, you know, they're, they're going to be backed up. But then it was a five yard penalty. For, that was the beauty of it. <laughs> that was the beauty of it—a five yard penalty. And I think one columnist in this room made the point that I would do that every time if I know it's a five yard penalty. <laughs> That's not a deterrent. <laughs> no, it's an encouragement. Uh, yeah, and then and then the home game, they just didn't see it. No nope. Nobody saw it. Yeah, so he's Nobody averaging 2.5 penalty yards <laughs> per punt. All of a sudden, I didn't see it happen. I just saw the ball go into the stands. And thinking, How did that happen? And he's and standing there looking at me. I'm laying on the ground laughing. Oh. <laughs> uh. Yeah, it's July. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, Brooke Pryor, uh, Sam Mellinger, Vahe Gregorian, thanks for stopping by and talking Chiefs. Thanks, Blair. Thanks. Links to the stories we discussed can be found in the show notes on KansasCity.com, the Red Zone Extra app, and Facebook.com slash Red Zone Extra. Thanks to Kathy Liu and Leah Becerra for producing today's episode. 
This has been Sports Beat KC, the sports podcast presented by the Kansas City Star. I'm Blair Kirkhoff. Join us again soon when we discuss sports in Kansas City. So you're living in Kansas City now. Do you love Kansas City? I love it. I honestly do. I mean, look, we got, we got the Chiefs uh, fan, Chiefs Kingdom right here. Yeah. <laughs>